In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. And welcome back to another edition of Drive Time Show with myself, Saad. And today is Tuesday. We will be speaking about some important topics today. First, in, in the first hour, we will be speaking about the youth green skills towards sustainable world and in the second hour we will be speaking about the five pillars of Islam a blueprint for a balanced life so these topics are for today and these are quite important quite interesting topics to learn especially the first hour we will be speaking about the youth day where which is an international day and we'll have have a great panel today with us and hopefully we'll be able to um and uh, understand more what is youth day why do we celebrate it and what is the reason behind it and we have some great panelists with us today join us and stay with us today and you can always call us on 0208687878 and also you can tweet us via um, voice of islam uk or you can direct message us on voice of islam uk if any questions you want to ask you have any topic ideas or you want to ask um, um, us to head a new topic or something which you think okay this might be an interesting take on that topic please let us know so we can also um, um, add that into our program so Voice of Islam UK please um, join us today as we speak about two great topics today so let me first introduce you um, regarding you know as we know this weekend the world will be um, celebrating International Youth Day with this year's theme being green skills for the youth and the importance um, of a fresh perspective on issues relating to a more sustainable world. As climate change continues to cast its long shadow on our planet, it is now more than ever vital um, um, to be equipped and equip the younger generation especially with the tools they need to address these um, environmental challenges they are facing head-on. As you all know, um, we even during my time in school we were speaking about climate changes happening, climate changes coming through, we saw an effect but and in the recent years especially we are seeing um, the pattern is being completely changed. We there's a more severe effect, which is um, daunting upon our planet. So I always um, say that we should be um, more understanding, more respectful to um, our planet Earth because we live in it. We our next generations will live in it, and their generations after will be living in this also so we have to safeguard this we have to preserve it we should be more respectful to our earth where we live so you know islam especially as uh, teaches us that we should um that its followers should um take care of the earth and uh, parents are also advised you know to teach the children from a very young age um the importance of caring for other people animals and the environment around us. The matter of fact is that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has also and um, stated this. A, uh, a there's a saying that Abu Hurairah, may Allah be, um, may Allah be pleased with him, reported that people ask the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, about the rewards of serving animals. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, "There is an award for serving 
any living being. So the earth, in fact, is a living orga organism. Within it holds a million species of animals, plants and organisms and the human race especially. And it is in our efforts to show our care and concern for the animals and other creations of um, Allah the Almighty. We are um, at the same time showing care to the environment and the earth as a whole. So we understanding what is green schools, what is that all about for the youth and we will explore this concept of green schools today and how empowering the youth with these abilities um, can shape a more sustainable future. You know, green schools refers to a range of um, competencies and knowledge uh, that enable individuals to contribute to an environmental, uh, environmentally, um, environmental sustainability. You know, these skills encompass a diverse array of fields, including renewable energy, waste management, conservation, eco-friendly agriculture, and sustainable designs. You know, green skills such um, as understanding climate science and the key to find sustainable Altern alternatives to um, having uh, pressing environmental ch uh, um, uh, environmental challenges, the challenges um, of climate, the climate change, pollution, and resource depletion, and um, require immediate action. Equipping the the youngsters, the young generation, the youth with green skills, empowering them to address these challenges proactively, and become stewards of the environment as future leaders um, the, um, our youth um, sh um, will face unprecedented uh, environmental issues and green schools will be critical for building re uh, reliances and ensuring a sustainable world for their generations to come oh, especially educational institutions NGOs the government play a vital role in promoting green schools among the youth you know, raising these awarenesses um, about the uh, significance of green skills and the potential to drive positive change is essential for creating a sustainable mindset for a young age, from a very young age. So we, we understand that, you know, our youngsters, our next generation, we will be the leaders, the heads, and they will be dealing with these um, environmental issues head on for that we are responsible them right now this generations who are living right now who are in, in control right now to leave for them a better place make sure that when they hand it over to the next generation it's a better place than they found it and then the next generation will be able to make a better and a more uh, clean environment for the next generation and so on hopefully i pray and we are able to you know make this place because this is the place we will be living in and we will be understanding and um, hopefully the environment we we see in front of us will be preserved for the many generations to come after us so these are the things we have to understand also there are many other things um, to talk about environmental issues here that there are for example one um, plastic users single-use plastics what about them what can we do um, to get um, rid of them or reduce their use and we have a um, great panel with us today a, um, a guest with us who will be able to have uh, a another um, deeper understanding about this 
so we'll be speaking about with them in in some time in, in, uh, with our guests and then we also see that you know it is very important for the teaching of green skills to incorporate it into formal education systems from primary school to edu- higher education so the children when they go to school they will start understanding what is environment and they can um, also head on with it so obviously we'll speak more about this but we have our very first um, guest with us um Jennifer Carlos she is the chief UK and international ambassador for the world against single use plastic organization with this short introduction i would like to welcome her to the show assalamu alaikum peace be upon you how are you jennifer Welcome, Sam. How are you? Thank you so much for asking. You know, Jennifer, it's a really important day and a really important matter. Um, we um, want to ask you and have a more in-depth knowledge regarding the single-use um, and plastics, which uh, obviously many, many different um, people use nowadays. As you are the chief UK and international ambassador for world against single-use plastic, can you sh- um, share f- um, with our listeners some of the most important pressing uh, pressing challenges our youth face when it comes to tackling plastic pollution and promoting sustainability? Yes, so that's a really interesting question because. I myself am a youth, I'm only 19 years of age wow. and I started with the charity when I was 15. So I can say this from personal experience, when I have been trying to speak and promote about sustainability, yes. it isn't easy because mm-hmm. I think there's many problems and it's not only youth that have this problem but I think A, people really don't want to know in a sense because they're just in denial of what the situation is. Interesting. Um, and what people, you know, need to do to help with the planet. That's yes. the first thing that I've found. But secondly, I feel that there isn't enough education given to the youth uh, on single-use plastics and how we can help our planet. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, if I was in charge, I would say this has to be implemented within, you know, schools, um, even if this was just an hour so youth are more interested, they are more aware of what is happening Correct. and they can go on to make the change because ultimately the youth is the future. Um, as I say, I think that's been a big thing is that A, people don't want to listen because they see the changes that are happening but you know don't really know what to do about it and just think, well, if I don't know what to do about it, then I'm not going to do anything about it. And also that there isn't enough education. I mm-hmm. think if the youth have more education, like I can say I think a lot more youth would get involved, and then things would change for the better. Yes, um, obviously Jennifer, you um, as you mentioned, you're a youth yourself. Do you know um, there are millions of tons um, being wasted or uh, in single-use plastics. Just for our listeners, what kinds of plastics are, are there for single-use? Uh, for single-use, and so what kind of things? The consumer can avoid, let's say, if instead of using a plastic bag, they can bring their own um, bags from home and use them for shopping. Just for example, if you can kindly let our listeners a bit more in depth. Of course. Yes. So I think the main thing is plastic bottles. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's so many different options rather than having to use a single-use plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, you can get a tin bottle reusable one that you just have to clean out Mm -hmm. um 
you know, there's so many different options with that now. And if you do have to use a single-use plastic bottle, mm-hmm. then it's the simple things like knowing you're recycling. So knowing to take the bottle cap off and don't put um, the board around that's got ink on it, don't put that in a recycling bin. Yes. But the actual plastic bottle itself, most of the time, can actually be recycled. Correct. So it's just little tips like that, just to know and have handy if it's I all know, I've done it myself, if you get caught out short and you're thirsty and you haven't brought your reusable bottle, then it's just simple things that you can do to help, you know, with that situation. Yes. I think also, as well, what I have found is that um, shopping bags, like you say, is a real big thing. Correct. And what we did as a um, as an organisation here at WhatsApp, mm-hmm. we did a app on our phone, it's Available on Android, and it's only for Walsall area because we haven't been able to expand it. But what it does is any time you go into a shop, yes, it will notify you to say, have you remembered to take your reusable bags? Interesting. That's and that, yes, that's a really good idea. Yeah, and then that just helps people remind that actually you don't have to pay, pay 5p for a bag. Yes. Be you helping the environment and also... I know for myself, you know, if you've got loads of bags lying around, you need to reuse them. You Correct. don't want to have loads of bags. Um, so those are the things I've found um, in the UK, especially. You know, Jennifer, that's really good. So, you know, uh, the fight of uh, against single-use plastics, you know, requires a collaboration on various different um, levels and scales. For example, um uh, be it um, how can like the governments, the businesses, and the communities work together to create a more environmental um, that nurtures the growth for these green skills, and also how can we drive um, um, ideas into the youth's mind? How can they start new initiatives um, regarding this plastic pollution, be it on on a local level or on a global scale? Yes, yeah, so th- that's very interesting because I've had the um, experience to go from right from my local village yes. and do some education with children in the school Correct. all the way up to going to the House of Parliament at the start of the year and giving a talk to government leaders. Wow. So I've had it from all both ends of the scale. Um, and equally, they're both just as important. They're yes. both needed and they both make a huge impact. Um, what I would say is that if you could just take the five minutes out of your day, maybe just before you go to sleep, and read up about something you can do to make a difference. Yes. And what you can do then is if you go out into the community, what we do is we promote litter picks and say, get some friends together and go out on a litter pick and help your environment. I also say as well, you know, go into schools. If you get a bit more education, you can do that through just reading books or looking at Google these days, mm-hmm. then, you know, then you can do that. And you can learn, and then you can go to schools, and then you can say, teach the children. Um, then on a more governmental level, um, I say I have spoken at the House of Lords myself, and really I think government leaders just need to be able to listen, which I think they're getting more open to listening now than what it was maybe five years ago, um, Mm -hmm. which is a good step in the right direction. Obviously, now we have the 5P plastic taps on the 
bags when you go to the shop, which is a great thing, especially in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. But I think definitely it's just key things that you can do. But the one thing I always say, and my mentor, Professor Gatchard, the founder of WhatsApp, told me this, is that if I went away from this interview today and told another three people about environment and sustainability, and each of those three people go and tell another three people each. In oh. two weeks, the whole world would know about the message. You know, Jennifer, that's actually a great idea. You know, um, you know, you're such a young age, uh, you have accomplished um, quite a lot, and there's quite a lot still to be accomplished for you. So, you know, you are have seen from the local level to the highest level in in the uk so how does education um for example play a crucial role in empowering the, the youth um to become more um environmental stewards and what roles do you see in the formal education systems and um, playing in fostering you know these green skills um and the re- and the rising awarenesses about the importance of uh, reducing single-use plastics um among our youth Yeah, so I've actually been lucky enough as well to go and visit Pakistan last year Mm -hmm. on a humanitarian trip to teach children all across Pakistan about plastics um, and eco and how they can make their area more green-friendly, a green space for people to live. And, you know, I'm lucky I've done that in the UK, but also done it in Pakistan. So Mm -hmm. I've had a good global look on this. And I think education is so important for the youth especially but i think in any age that you can always learn something in life and i think getting the environmental education at the young age then going forward for the future Mm -hmm. children will be interested in helping our planet correct but also going forward they are our future and if schools and you know governments if they want to get involved taught the children recycling Yes. Taught the youth of how to stay more eco-friendly, for example, using the reusable bottles. Correct. Then it will just become natural habit. It will just change a mindset. And I think that's the key thing is that a mindset shift needs to happen mm-hmm. in our world. So then we are more green. We are more eco-friendly. Perfect. And if that happens, then we're doing a huge part to help for the problem for the future. Um But, like I say, it's just that willingness of maybe five minutes a day with the children. Um, What we do as an organisation is we have the WhatsApp book, Mm -hmm. and we go into schools. I did this in Pakistan, I did this in the UK, and I've done it in Ireland as well. And what we've done is we've created a book for younger age students, and it's called The Story of the Three Plastic Bottles. Mm -hmm. And we read it, and basically the message is, is teaching the children what happens if you recycle properly compared to what happens if you don't. Correct. And it's a fun, great story, but actually in that way you're using innovative ideas to teach the children for the future. Yes. You know, Jennifer, just um, um, that one, um, I wanted to ask also, you know, in, 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 the Europe, in the European countries, they have introduced, for example, a system for the uh, single-use bottles that you pay they have a scanner or a voucher on it when you put the um, when you give that bottle back you get about i think 25 cents from 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 that very bottle so how can the uk adapt that system to, to at least a, like a small percentage of wastage might be 
a profitable for the for the consumer itself yeah so what is actually happening interestingly that you brought this up so many uh coffee shops for example you know the big ones like your costa and things like that yes they all do the deposit return scheme which you've mentioned um and i think if you return your cup you either get it cheaper or if you return so many cups and you get a free cup i can't quite, quite remember but what they also do in the uk as well mm-hmm. and all over the world i believe is say you've had a packet of crisps mm-hmm. you can look on the back of, back of that packet of crisps and if it's got the TerraCycle symbol yes. on it then it means it isn't commonly recycled in your area but if you box the packets of crisps up all together mm-hmm. you can get a free postage label and you can send that to TerraCycle to be recycled of and wow. the consumer pays money towards TerraCycle so then it can be recycled as part of an initiative to be able to recycle plastics which aren't commonly able to recycle in local areas perfect and also Jennifer before um, I let you go I, I, any last words for the youth and also the parents how can they get involved what they can do how can we understand more about um, single use plastics I think I'd just like to say to the youth that, especially myself, is just remembering to be resilient mm-hmm. and remember that just keep pushing on with the messages that you want to do, even if they're only small messages, but they will make a difference and they are making a difference. Yes. And I think also for adults as well, you know, if your parents have younger children, you know, just try and implement these things at a young age, you know, have fun with it. Get a piece of rubbish, clean rubbish, get some bins and label them and say which ones they need to go in. Make it fun make it interesting and also just learn yourself maybe just five minutes reading up about plastics or something like that and then for the future just think about it if your children are aware of it the future sorted in my eyes because your mindset shift has changed correct thank you so far um thank you so much jennifer for joining us and hopefully we are able to get some uh, message across to our listeners today and Good luck with your endeavors in the future and hopefully you do even more greater stuff than you already are doing. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so for much. Thank you so much Jennifer. Thank you. So this was Jennifer Carlos and she, um, she's a chief um, she's a chief UK and international ambassador for the World Against Single-Use Plastic Organization. She has been doing some great work. Uh, she's um, at a very young age, 19 years old, Zakaria, and she has done such commendable job to getting awareness out to um, the youngsters or or the or the or the um, general public making sure we understand what um, single-use plastic is. I do understand uh, I do um, respect the work and the commendable work she's been doing. There's a lot of work, there's a lot of education to be stored on Zakaria about you know the, um, our environment. I remember when um, even earlier I was mentioning from a very young age we've been being, te- being taught about um, uh, our what's it called environment climate change is happening but recently we have been seeing drastic changes in the climate suddenly where you have you know um, um, climate which of let's say 40 degrees last year at this time yeah. we had and now we have about 20 degrees and it's raining outside definitely you know? definitely it's I I was reading the news today yeah uh, I was actually reading, uh, listening to the news, um, yes. and uh, that was Dutch news, uh, and they were saying that the month of July is one of the months. It's actually the hottest month 
ever recorded. Wow. So since they have started recording the the temperatures of the months, this yes. was actually the hottest. And this is because of uh, humans, of course. Yes. Uh, you know, Zakaria, with this, and we have also our second guest with us, oh, yes. Rajni Shah. Uh, she is an educator, a social activist, a writer, and a speaker. She is uh, the deputy director for the Inspiring Indian Women organization. With this short introduction, I would like to welcome her to the show. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. How are you, Rajini? I'm good. Thank you so much, first of all, for joining us today on such a special um, um, occasion where we speak about, you know, uh, understanding about our climate change and hopefully our youth will be able to understand and preserve uh, um, our future. So, um, you know, um, how can, for example, um, our educators effectively, you know, integrate green skills into their curriculum to inspire and equip young minds with the knowledge and the tools they need to have um, to make a more sustainable future? Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you for inviting me in this show and yes. uh, giving me the opportunity. Thank to you speak. so much. So, uh, I'm coming to your question you asked how educator effectively integrates green skills yes. right so what i think is educator can effectively integrate green skills into the curriculum mm -hmm. by incorporating uh, into the curriculum by incorporating sustainability principles and practices across different subjects yes uh, they can incorporate real life examples and case studies that highlights the importance of environmental conservation and sustainable practices. What I think is, additionally, educators can organize field trips to environmentally friendly facilities or they can invite experts to share their knowledge and experiences. Yes. In this way, they can foster interactive and experiential learning. Educators can also inspire and equip young minds with the knowledge and tools mm -hmm. they need for a more sustainable future. Hmm. Um, yourself as a social activist, um, what role do you see the youth playing in driving community engagement and uh, advocating for sustainable practices and how can we nurture their enthusiasm uh, to create a lasting change? Uh, as a social activist, what I believe is youth play a crucial role in driving community engagement. And they can advocate for sustainable practices. Their enthusiasm and fresh perspectives can bring about meaningful changes. Uh, to nurture their enthusiasm, we can provide platforms for youth to voice their opinions and ideas on sustainability, uh, such as uh, youth-led forums or some projects. Also, we can empower them with knowledge and resources, such as uh, by accessing workshops and mentorship. Moreover, uh, what we can do is uh, we can collaborate with industries. It can enhance their ability to tackle the environmental challenges. And moreover, mentoring programs and networking opportunities with professionals in the field can further empower youth, allowing them to learn from experts and gain practical insights. 
by ensuring that the youth are prepared and powered and supported mm-hmm. okay okay wonderful and uh, um in the context of rapidly changing the world as you know um how can we ensure that uh, the youth are not only prepared with green skills but uh, also empowered to an innovate and address emerging environmental uh, changes with uh, creativity and resilience okay so in a rapidly changing world empowering youth with green skills and the ability to address emerging environmental challenges is very crucial right yes. so to achieve this it is important to create educational environment that foster their creativity critical thinking and problem solving skills as i already said that the collaboration with in, uh, industry can enhance their ability also we can encourage them in interdisciplinary approaches and project based learning which can cultivate their innovations and resilience hmm. uh we can also recognize and celebrate their achievements and can further motivate and encourage them to continue their efforts hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Um Saad, if you don't have any questions from my side, we have uh, asked the questions and beautifully um uh, Sister Rajni, you have answered our questions. Thank you very much for your time and answering our questions and enlightening the listeners um about our topic the green skills towards a sustainable world. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. So this was Rajni Shah she is an educator a social activist a writer and a speaker and she is the deputy director of the inspiring indian women organization she has been doing some commendable work out there she has been done so much hopefully i pray for her to do even more great work and you know i always zakir see you know when we have our guests on they have done such amazing work Yep. and especially you know our guest for today they have done so much they care for the um, environment so yes, much they do. hopefully you know we are able to, to play also a small part for example you know at 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 homes when we um throw rubbish away mm-hmm. the council has given um in our borough um, yep. um three different bins one for plastics one for the um, paper and one for general wastage mm-hmm. so when when i'm when i'm going my, my parents make they tell me make sure they make sure sort okay you're putting the bottles in this one and the the greens or oh, sorry the papers in this one and the generator should go in the middle one because i was basically on the left side is the papers middle is the waste one and on the right side is the plastic ones yeah. so they make sure okay, okay these are always in line and also there's another one the small one they give us just for the extra food Um, for example, bones and stuff, etc. Yeah, they can put in that one, and then they take it away whenever it is collection time. Yeah, I mean these are really uh, good things that uh, the UK is doing. Yes, and apart from that, uh, many other European countries are doing Correct. it as well. But we wish and we pray that you know this could be implemented in throughout the whole world, Correct. not just um, uh, you know some worlds where it is available. You know. there there are some countries for example where i have been and uh, the country itself tries but yes. they're still struggling oh, right yes. um definitely but but, but uh, we're very it's, fortunate yes, to we, be in uk correct where you know this system is there where yes. we can recycle and oh, we can 
uh, reuse the stuff that we uh, have been using, for example, plastic, you know, that could be reused and other stuff as well. Oh, yes, definitely. You know, Zakaria, it's all about um, the awareness. Hopefully our listeners today will be able to take away something. Definitely. As even Jennifer mentioned, um, one that some, um, if you, uh, for example, she, she made, uh, made me aware today and I let three more people know about it. The, yeah. the, the awareness will spread and throughout um, Hopefully within weeks, yeah. and awareness should be everywhere. That, but that's an ideal world. But it being re- in the reality, that we have to work. It, it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle. It's a constant battle to uphold and safeguard our environment. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. As as Muslims, uh, you know, we our guidance after the Holy Quran is the life of the Holy Prophet and his sayings. And that reflects on the Holy Quran as well, right? Yes. And uh, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, you know, once said that the world is beautiful and verdant and verily God, the exalted, has made you his stewards in it and he sees how you acquire yourselves. And in the Holy Quran, uh, at one place, it mentions that every single thing Mm -hmm. on earth and around us is made for the benefit of humans. So we are made stewards in it. So God is, you know, seeing how we um, use or how we treat the world, oh, which is a perfect place on earth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the earth itself is perfect. There is, we don't see any imperfections. And Correct. if there is any imperfections, it's because of humans itself, mm-hmm. right? But otherwise, it's a perfect place. Every single thing on earth is the for, for the benefit of humans. Even, you know, I remember there is another hadith, a saying of the Holy Prophet where he uh, mentions and he says, uh, you know, he asks to his companions uh, that there is a tree. Mm-hmm. And that tree is basically beneficial from its seed Till uh, f- from its roots to the leaves, everything basically, yes. right? It's in my own words, but it's a, the Holy Prophet said that you know everything from that from that tree is beneficial, and uh, you know people were thinking, thinking, thinking. A, a young boy <laughs> came out, and you know he actually had this thing in his mind, but yes. then no one answered. But the young boy was a bit shy and he said, so many elderly are here, so how can I answer? Correct. And then the Holy Prophet then said, it's a, it's a day tree. And uh, he himself in his mind that, oh, I could have answered. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you look at a day tree, right, yeah. every single thing is beneficial, even the seed of it, of course, apart from planting again mm-hmm. and making another tree, uh, nowadays, people are, it's it's a trend. People are making coffee mm-hmm. from a date tree, right? And uh, it's very beneficial, apparently. Uh, so uh, <laughs> interesting. I mean, e- coffee lovers out there, yeah. you can make coffee out if, of out of dates. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to try something new. I am not a coffee lover or <laughs> a chai lover. I stay, I stick with you know milk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes, once in a blue moon, I might have a coffee or mm. something. But I, I myself won't. I'm not a enthusiast about coffee or chai or yeah. tea. We well, have. I'm I'm a coffee lover. <laughs> yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> there are many people who love coffee yeah. and tea. Yeah. So it's. I mean, uh, there's so much to learn. Correct. Actually, um, you know, from a religious perfect perspective, and also those who care for the for the environment, they'll see that it is possible for us to make a change. Yes. Uh, but 
if you want to make a change correct. if That's you're really, careless really then you'll see that you know lots of changes will happen to mm-hmm. the earth to the world that will you know inflict our health our our future and that will eventually lead us to you know destruction yes i remember uh <laughs> there was a movie um a few years ago uh, old movie where you know in future they were seeing that people then stopped using water instead of water uh, they started drinking fizzy drinks and all sort of other beverages that mm-hmm. is not with water and then the crops started dying and so it was a very funny futuristic movie mm. but then uh, it reminds us that if we do not care about our planet right it will uh, you know affect our health and our future so much so correct so we have to obviously preserve and safeguard our few um for our future generations yeah. this generation today who's in charge have to live in a better state than they found it from the l- l- last generation yeah. obviously there's more education now there's more awareness out there now mm-hmm. you know i remember you know our um, such a commendable job um, by the um, our women's o- um, um, association they go and have planted many trees throughout the uk or mm. many different um, um throughout the world i would uh, i might even add because then the all um our women organizations have different bodies throughout the, uh, throughout the world mm-hmm. and they go out our youth organization also goes that's from very small age when you see you know small to um youngsters um going out and from where you going oh, I'm going for a tree planting session yeah. right with uh, our local youth leader we call him Clyde mm-hmm. and 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 then they go with them and then there's the planting seeds or planting like small um branch or something with it mm-hmm. and these obviously are small steps but it's it's um putting a seed inside and then them themselves yeah, from a young age to understand what um the future holds for us yeah i mean uh, the mothers i mean from the women's association yes. from the ahmadiyya muslim community they're setting an example for their kids correct and i think the first children take the example of mothers first then the yes. fathers yes. because they have lots of attachment with the mother correct. first and then when they grow up then they look up to their fathers mm-hmm. uh when boys look up to their fathers girls look up to their mothers but it could be other way around but first they look up to their mothers and and they're setting an example a perfect example Great. that um in fact they are actually following the uh, the the sunnah or the life of the holy prophet peace and blessings will be upon him Great. when they do such acts or good deeds the future generation they will actually care about planting yes. and not destroying um i remember there is a hadith where the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he says that um you know uh, everything that we plant right yes. um he says that everything that we plant it's 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 in my own words mm-hmm. um when you plant and when the and uh, when the animals the birds and and the and uh, the, uh, the the humans eat from it it's yes. like a charity correct and it's an ongoing charity yes you're not directly giving something uh correct. to the birds or the animals or to the humans maybe but when they uh, humans you can say right uh, but then it's a charity that you do without recognizing but then he says that it is a charity and correct. the holy prophet emphasized on charity so much so and he was a perfect example himself that he did not keep anything from himself but 
He used to give it out. Yes. So planting trees, plants, it's it's a charity yes. and it's 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 a teaching of the um, of Islam. Correct, and it's it's a continuous charity. It's a continuous Sadka charity. Yeah. You, know, you stole the uh, the words which I had in my mind. Right, <laughs> and you know it's quite incredible. You know what Islam teaches us mm-hmm. from a very young age, how to safeguard to understand, and we we if we followed um, um, Islam to the letter. The the world will be a better because it, Islam is a way of living. What I believe is is it is a simple way of living, yeah. And it's and understanding, obviously, what um we um, for our educators out there they teach us they make us understand what mm. recycling is. I always respect and um and what what a great commendable job they're doing. And you know, Islam has been teaching that for the past fourteen fifteen for fifteen hundred years now. Yep. Then where we are becoming more aware in this day and in the 21st century. Yeah. So that's why I always say Islam is a way of living. If we understand yeah. Islam to the letter, mm. there will be a, a harmonious, a peaceful place. Definitely, definitely. Because what what happens right now? Obviously, there are many different um, um, wars happening. If I if I may add, this is also um, also what's it called disturbing our environment. Yeah, it's also in, um, in affecting our trees. It's um, affecting you know the, the climate around it also. Yeah, and it's not just the area; just that particular a- area is affected, but the world around it gets affected. Everyone also. gets affected. Correct. Yeah, and especially in this day and age where we where we are as, as a global village now, mm. anything is accessible within seconds. Yeah, um, if I may add, mm. if you want to have like, a conference call in Australia and USA. You can have a conference call right now in the in the next two or three minutes. Just to n- add the number in and just click on it. Yeah. Before that, obviously, a message reaching to these areas would, would take months and months and months. Yeah. So obviously, the more awareness we have now, Islam has been teaching that for the past fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred years now. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we pay pay heed to it. Yes. We understand more about it, and our youth becomes more uh, intrigued and more understanding about our future, you know, because a nation cannot be reformed without the reformation of its youth. So we uh, youngsters, especially obviously, we, I, I, I am still young. <laughs> I'm still, a, I'm still a, a youngster, a youth. So, and uh, I, I understand because we, I, uh, what I see in the future is if if World War Three, for example, happens, the environment is gone. Everything will be just. Um, 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 uh, I think Einstein said that we don't know what's going to happen um, between uh, in World War Three how it's going to be fought. But I know yeah. World War Four is going to be with um, sticks and stones. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that's the thing. I I do. You know, um, even His Holiness has been mentioning this many times that look after um, look after the world, have peace and order to the go- um, to all the officials, the government, create a uh, um, discipline, create peace in the world. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we try and understand what environment we want to leave behind for our children who are uh, or the next generation after us. Yeah, I mean, His Holiness, as you said, um, he has been writing uh, letters Correct. to world leaders, addressing and saying that um, that stop injustices. Yes, you know, in, in summary, stop injustices, and care for the world care for the humanity correct when you do that then there won't be any wars yes but if you care for your own interest right and your own 
it, for your own interest or for yourself, mm-hmm. what will happen is it will inflict, it will, um, it, it will harm the people around you and yourself as well. So in order to save yourself from destruction, you have to care for others as well. Correct. So it's it's extremely important, and and His Holiness, as we believe, is a man of God. Correct. A, a, a elected by, you know, the community members, and he's basically his guidance is like a doctor guides a patient. Mm-hmm. And then remember that, uh, you know, someone met His Holiness who was not. Um, from our community he was in fact not a muslim and he said that um, you know the words of your uh, caliph is like a doctor it's in my own words mm-hmm. but then he said that he's like he's the doctor of the world so do listen to his words oh, because sure. he can heal the world you know with this we have a clip uh, of his holiness miller strength he said and the question was asked how important it is um, for ahmadi muslims um, to fight the climate change so here's the clip for our listeners to listen assalamu alaikum beloved hazur wa alaikum assalam my name is aisha alham and i'm from the birmingham north jamaat and my question is how important is it for ahmadi muslims to fight climate change very important you should use try to avoid your using car while traveling for a short distance right either walk to that place or use bicycle hmm right yeah. cycling is good for your health as well secondly you every amdi should make it a point that he should plant two trees every year this is how you can fight climate change huh if you are here if we have 30000 amadis here in the uk or more then every year we plant 60000 trees huh if not possible here then those who travel to other countries they can plant trees there so in this way we can help control the climate change so planting trees two trees a year and uh, cycling his holiness has mentioned this is how we can um, tackle um climate change you know like these are very simple words mm-hmm. and very imp- impactful words by his holiness you know yeah. if, when we say oh, cycling but what is going to what's going to happen obviously if for example you're cycling you're not using your car yeah. or you're not using any transportation which is um b- b- burning any fossil fuel yeah. you're just burning your leg muscles <laughs> plus plus it's healthier as well it's healthier and i remember i was watching a advertisement um many years ago and they were saying that for a car to turn on their ac right yes. it takes few minutes right and to feel the the breeze yes. uh but when you cycle Instantly, instantly you feel the breeze right? right because there's no resistance of air that comes right Definitely. so instantly you have this breeze and you feel the um 
uh, the wind, you know, coming to your face, and it's so good. It feels good. Indeed, it feels like you're running, but uh, <laughs> in comfort. <laughs> in, in, and you know, uh, for my listeners, I, I don't want to be you know bragging or anything, but you know, I believe oh, yes. I'm, I'm a small cyclist. You're I'm a cyclist. I'm yes, I'm not a, a one of the regular cyclists who cycle every day. I, I don't know. I commend them. You know. I respect them, especially also the when the, the cyclists, the proper cyclists. I just try to, you know, just take something from a percentage of those cyclists and uh, embed it in my in, in my life. Mm. I did a cycling well, to city um, two three weeks ago, and then I was two days. I was gone. To the city <laughs> means to city, London city. Oh, central yes. London, central London, just to see um, Big Ben, um, oh, yes. London, um, um, London Eye, yeah. uh, Tower Bridge, and, and all those um, landmarks. It feels so good, you know. I mean, of course, when when you, for example, cycle, and you are aiming a cycle or running or whatever, right, yes. or walking, you aim to go to a specific place, which is beautiful, right? Correct. Um, doesn't matter if it's uh, buildings or, yes. or, or natural beauty, wherever you go. If you make the effort, when 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 there is a requirement of of effort and tiredness, but eventually when you arrive there, yes, at your final destination and you see the beautiful scenery, right? It feels like wow, I've That's really done a good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do not regret. I, I believe you ha- you haven't agree- no, regretted no, no. of your uh, tiring, um, you know, uh, cycling to, yes. to all the way to Central yeah. London. I, I, it, it, I believe in my... I, I love London. I've been in London, especially in the past couple of years. Right. I've been so many times to city just yeah. to look at, at those same buildings or the architecture which was done. And mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times, but I still don't get enough of it. Yeah. I still love that place. It's 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 yeah. a whole different environment there, and, and you see how great the, the structure will be made mm. in that age, and obviously be, being able to cycle there and see other cyclists there and people cycling to go to work. Yeah. Then I say, well, this is you know hopefully more people will be uh, encouraged to do this. Yeah. And be able to if it's very have a new um, source of um, you know mm. of um, energy. Yeah, which 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 I have felt, especially in London, we see all different walks of yeah. life, yeah. and everyone's trying to do something, and you mm. see many different people talking, and especially uh, you have people speaking about awarenesses mm-hmm. over there. Especially as we are talking today, I, 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 there might be someone in London or somewhere or another place um, standing out there. And speaking about it right now, yeah, peacefully, peacefully, peacefully. It, it, yes, because that's the key. Uh, because the thing is, we've seen many people who stand in busy roads where you know they're stopping cars and all that. Yes, Th- that's not peaceful. That's hazardous, right? That's hazardous. And I think when people do have lectures and and stand somewhere and uh, seek attention from different uh, from from the crowd, but do it peacefully at a place where people are, you know, and I've uh, seen myself there. Then. I mean, it's that's fine. That's all fine, yes. and it's beneficial. You know, I've seen when when people are speaking peacefully, people are more understanding to listen to it also. Yeah. So all these awarenesses um, which happen throughout the year, hmm. for example, today is about um, the, the green, um, the green living, and um, for Youth Day, International yeah. Youth Day. So how the youngsters can um, embody hmm. um, um, 
sustainable living in their own lives and being able to understand about it. Yeah. Hopefully, we were able to do some justice, you know, to this um, segment as well today. Yeah. And all those great workers, um, our two guests, um, Jennifer and Rajni, doing some commendable job out there. And you know, I, I want to um, get more people um, to give us their take. How they are doing uh, on their um, sustainable living? You can you can always tweet us via you know Voice of Islam uh, UK and also directly message us on um, our Instagram Voice of Islam UK and obviously you know you can always ring us and give us a call on eight two eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight and I want to know your story how you are trying to be more sustainable in this day and age and see different um, walks of life and hopefully we'll be able to share those um, via our social media platforms and see what people have been doing to have a more sustainable life. You know, Zakaria, it's always um, sad when we come towards the end of, of a segment because there's so much to talk about, so much to still learn, still so much uh, more to understand. And, you know, yeah, as mentioned, uh, I just want to mention uh, a saying of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this was narrated by Anas bin Malik Anhu, and that Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah upon state, said, There is none amongst the Muslims who plants a tree or sows seeds, and then a bird or a person or animal eats from it, but it uh, but is regarded as a charitable gift. And also, you know, the Ahmadi Muslim community, as mentioned before, uh, you know, um, heats this saying and carries out many tree planting com- campaigns across the year. This is a special uh, uh, a emphasis on children and teenagers coming along to um, partake in, in this fruitful scheme, as we have also heard from His Holiness, Melissa mentioning about that uh, every Ahmadi Muslim should try to plant two trees a year. The, you know, Zakaria, uh, Planting trees is uh, um, my, my, my mother has been to uh, many different um, ones throughout the year, and she says, "Oh, you know, beta uh, beta means sun." You know, in this area here, there was a roundabout. Oh, we have planted trees there. I was like, "Huh? Wow, I never knew about this. I've been passing this area so many times uh, on a daily basis." But my mom goes, "Beta, this is the area where we plant trees." So hopefully we'll be able to share this story to our generations and say to them, son or daughter, we have planted trees here. Join us again for the next second hour. We're speaking about the five pillars of Islam. Here is the five o'clock news. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace be upon you all and welcome back to your drive time show on the Voice of Islam Radio. Bef- um, before we, uh, before going to the break, we were discussing about uh, you know the International Youth Day, how we can have uh, green sustainability and being able to preserve the environment and in this hour we'll be speaking about another topic which um, um, for all our listeners uh, the producer was Zakaria himself my co-presenter for today and the topic is the five pillars balancing life through Islam's blueprint you know uh, today we'll be um, delving into a 
the fundamental principles that guide Muslims toward a harmonious and purposeful existence. So, you know, join us and stay with us today and hopefully we're able to enlighten your journey as we explore the essence of the five pillars of Islam. The five pillars of Islam is the act of worship in Islam. Islam stands for practicing uh, according to our faith. Our faith and practice together make our religion complete. The five pillars of Islam are defined in the following tradition by His Holiness, uh, by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. First being the declaration of faith, faith meaning bearing witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And Holy Prophet Muhammad is his servant and his messenger. And then second is, observa- um, is observing the, the prayer, the daily prayers, namaz, and then paying, paying zakat, and then um, pilgrimage, and also um, fasting. So it's kalma, namaz, roza, zakat, hajj. This I have learned it from very small, from my childhood. Yeah. My, my, when your parents go, okay, um, recite. Uh, you say la ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah okay, then what comes after namaz roza zakat hajj and so on and so forth and it's like okay mm-hmm. istra okay then you, that's how I've learned them in, in a, from a very young age yeah I mean uh, so these are the basic principles yes and basic acts of worship um, in Islam so uh, these are very very important for a believer a Muslim but then they are also teaching us something where we everyone can learn from not just muslims but others as well you know Correct. the first as the declaration of faith the second as the prayer or the five daily prayers the third as the zakat which is um the charity or the spending the money mm-hmm. which is in excess which then circulates to the poor people and finally fasting in the month of Ramadan. So these are the five pillars of Islam. These are the five um, acts of of our faith uh, which makes us a complete Muslim. Um, you know, in, in our show today, um, what we'll try to do is go through all the five pillars of Islam and how they can uh, be a blueprint for our uh, life, our balanced life. Now, let's look at the first pillar of islam um and that is the declaration of faith uh in arabic we call it kalima right mm-hmm. um n- n- when we the, the kalima or the words or the declaration of faith uh that the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah upon him has taught us with the guidance of god almighty is that there is none worthy of worship but allah and muhammad peace and blessings of allah upon him is the messenger of Allah. Now we'll delve into the the, the, the in in depth what yes. it means, why we believe in the oneness of God, why specifically the name Muhammad is used for the declaration of our faith. Now believe in Allah and his prophets is included to express one's faith and its verbal affirmation. Correct. And and this is also the beliefs, you know, the two beliefs. What there are six beliefs in Islam, right? And, and I don't want to mention that. I don't want to uh, deviate people, or I don't want to 
confuse people, but there are beliefs as well, which we have six beliefs, believe in the, the, the God Almighty, believe in right. his uh, messengers, English. believe in his uh, mm-hmm. books, uh, believe in the day of the uh, day of judgment, etc., etc. And and two main beliefs of a Muslim is to believe in the oneness of God mm-hmm. and believe in his prophets. And 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 when we recite the kalima in the five pillars of Islam, uh, the, the first one in the kalima or in the declaration, mm-hmm. we mention the name Muhammad because he is the final law-bearing prophet who brought the religion of Islam which is considered the uh, the summary of all the religions Correct. or which combines all the religions in one mm-hmm. and, and, and pretty much all the religions that came before have actually you know prepared for this final religion so we believe in all the religions all the prophets that have come so that's why you know, we practically follow the belief in the prophets, which is a, a, a belief of, of of a Muslim, right? Now, the the kalima is a concise, uh, yet a profound declaration that holds uh, immense significance within the Islamic framework, mm-hmm. uh, guiding believers towards a life of harmony, a life of purpose. Uh, a life of equilibrium, right? Mm-hmm. And at the heart of the kalima, there is none worthy of worship but Allah, Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah upon him, is the messenger of Allah. Mm-hmm. This declaration um, encapsulates the core belief of monotheism, mm-hmm. of the belief in oneness of God, yes. asserting the absolute oneness and acknowledging his uh, as in god's supremacy over all other things correct right and by beginning with the affirmation of allah's oneness the kalima lays the groundwork for the life characterized and it you know teaches us humility it teaches us gratitude and a sense of purpose correct right because we have believe in god believe yes. in the prophets believe in uh, the final message, and everything that teaches that, you know, teaches basically our purpose of life. Correct. Our purpose of creation. Yes. Uh, the purpose of uh, the prophets coming to us to guide us to teach us about God Almighty. So the you know, Zachary, you know, yep. this is so <coughs> interesting. You know, um, the first pillar of, of Islam. Mm. You know. Um, um, the kalima is if you just uh, say la ilaha illallah it means there is none worthy except Allah yeah and which already tells us okay if we want anything we have to turn towards that being which is Allah the almighty yes. and ask for his help mm-hmm. so he's the one who can guide us towards the right path yeah he's the one we need to pray to and we um, also ask for help for help mm-hmm. and it is so beautifully mentioned in the very first chapter also to the Fatiha, you know, is is the groundwork has been laid yeah. in that mm. for who is Allah the Almighty? Who, mm. Why do we turn to Him? Who, why, who's the one? Who, um, uh, who, why is He the one to guide us? Right? Yeah. It says straight away, He's the Lord of the all of 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 all worlds. Mm. So, from that we understand. Okay, now we turn to Him. Yeah. So He's La Ilaha Illallah, 
and then Muhammad Rasulullah, the Prophet Sallallahu peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is his servant and messenger. Hmm. So he is the uh, law-bearing prophet which was sent by Allah the Almighty, and he is the one um, um, claiming that there is only one God. Yep. And we see, you know, and during the time of history, that hasn't changed in Islam. Yeah. And there hasn't been an idol worshiping. Hap- uh, we all know that there's only one, um, um, only one God. We turn towards Him. We ask for Him for help. Yeah. And this is, you know, the teaching of Islam that um, we should turn towards Him. There is no idol worshiping. We don't um, turn to anyone else yeah. besides Allah the Almighty and ask for His guidance, ask for His help, ask for His prayers. Yeah. And the yeah, so go on, please. So, so these are the things what I have always understood from the kalima. Okay, yeah. when we recite la ilaha illallah, it's like okay, but why do we recite? And then when I read to the father, I was like, ah, okay. Then it clicked to me. Yeah. Okay, that's this is why we recited. Hmm. And but also uh, to make those the dots also connect with me, and my elders, or my parents, or my teachers, or the missionaries tell me these points. And then you. I always say this to the youngsters, especially for the youth. For example, if I'm saying something, just go back to it also. Just Why did someone say this? Hmm. I would say, don't just rely on mere words which anyone is saying. Right? Just always go back to the source and making sure, for example, if I'm sitting here today, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a human being, I can make an error. Hmm. I, if I'm saying something, God forbid, God forbid anything wrong, then uh, uh, someone might be okay. This is wrong. Then go. Uh, and then I will say, go back to the source and let me know to, so I can correct myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying I'm the greatest. Uh, I'm. I'm a great scholar. I know everything. Right? Only Allah much knows everything. Yeah. He. He. He is the one who knows everything. He. Mm. That's why we always say um, we believe in what is unseen. Also, right? Mm. In the unseen, we so we don't know what's gonna be happening. What's what's happened. So we just live in the moment right now. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we look at the first pillar of Islam, it, you know, basically uh, the principle of it is that encourages uh, the individuals to detach themselves from, you know, from the materialism Correct. and the pursuit of, um, you know, transient desires. Um, it, it, it encourages us to have a... You know, and and prioritizes the spiritual growth, and the connection with the divine, th- with with God Almighty, right? Correct. <clears throat> when when we look at the oneness of God and believe in God, mm-hmm. right? When we believe in God and not associating with, with any any partner with Him, in in Arabic we call it shirk or associating partners with Him. Correct. Which means that when it comes to honesty, when it comes to belief when it comes to um, uh, not uh, uh, lying and deceiving etc anything that is immoral and which goes against the teachings of God Almighty and that is because that is a sort of associating partners with God Almighty so for example shirk uh, associating partners with God or making an idol and worshipping an idol instead of God Almighty is for example when you have fear of another person above God and you start Indeed. lying and you start worshipping that certain person Correct. or when you start um, giving so much so much respect to that person that you forget God Almighty. So for example, worldly people, 
you know, when they, uh, worldly people means those people who only and only focus on, on the material or the, the, the wealth or money, etc., etc. They will forget God when, yes. because they think our God is money. Oh, our yes, God definitely. is wealth. Our God is whoever is providing, whoever is giving, and wherever the money is coming from. But they, for the moment, they forget that if God wanted, he could destroy you and your wealth in a split second. Correct. So everything we have is eventually from God Almighty. Indeed. And we should be, in, in order to at least be grateful of what you have, you should look at the Creator, right? And this is the whole purpose of the first pillar of Islam. Now, let's move on to the second pillar Correct. of Islam. What is the second you pillar? Know, the second Can pillar you? of Islam is <coughs> observance of the Salat, the daily prayers. Yeah. Right? And it's first and foremost an act of worship, um, which is, we know as Salat or Namaz or people say prayer times or prayer. Yeah. And, you know, this uh, means to clear the glorification and the praises. The purpose of Salat is, for example, to establish a personal and a, you know, a in-depth, in a very, you know, very intimate relationship with Allah the Almighty. Yeah. And, you know, to, do, to purify oneself, um, your inner self, and seek the hope and in all difficulties. Yeah. So you know when we start praying, you have that sense of connection or that feeling that Allah the Almighty, you know, is listening. He's, he's um, observing. Yeah. So when we um um doing the act um act be be going down to um, to such or prostration. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> if you always remember this, that we can't see him. But he can see us. Yeah. So we should always remember that and try our best, level best to um, observe the start prayers in, in the best manner possible. Yeah. Because you know, um, sometimes I, it 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 happened to me, uh, and I uh, what's it called uh, the question asked this holiness was you know, there are times I pray, and they're prolonged, and I feel you know that this is it. This was the prayer. Right. And then this, 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 I'm summarizing really quickly. Yeah, and then there are times where I'm saying, Allah, they might take box connection, right? Mm. I've done my prayer for today. Mm. And he said, start laughing. And he said, yeah, you know, it's like a heartbeat, right? When you're at your lowest point, yeah. try to strive higher. Yeah. When you're at your highest point, <coughs> try to keep it higher and go, and something might happen. You might go down again. Then try again. That's the jihad. This is the, this is the struggle. Right. This is how because uh, this is why you know Allah Dima didn't just mention yeah. once um Aqimu Salah, but he has mentioned more than forty times in the Holy Quran that observe prayer, observe prayer, yeah. observe prayer. Once Allah Dima mentioning it so many times, mm. but because he knew that um he ha- um that the, 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 the human beings are weak, Holy Quran and Zaifa that the, the, the man has been created weak. They have weaknesses. Yeah. So the reminder which is going on constantly even to this age, where our parents remind us. Where our um, communities remind us, where the mosque uh, play out azan, and to remind us it, it is the mass time where His Holiness is reminding us constantly that they um, observe prayer and have a connection with Allah the Almighty. Hmm. So these old things, um, they all these um, 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 work which has been done to, to, so we are able to establish a connection with Allah the Almighty. You know, it's, it's a very, it's a constant struggle. It's a constant many struggle. People. You and mentioned. The Aqimus Salah yes. is mentioned many times in the Holy Quran. 
the actual meaning of Aqimu Salah is the observance of the five daily prayers, yes. not just one prayer. Yes. Because what it makes you is in other, other prayers of the Holy Quran, it mentions that a salatu tanha min al fashai. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so that namaz and prayer is something that, you know, prevents you from doing evil stuff or, mm-hmm. or hurting or, or anything which is immoral. And the reason why we pray the five daily prayers throughout the day is every single time uh, when you are about to do something wrong, it reminds you of God Almighty. <clears throat> As you said, that the in the Holy Prophet said, a true prayer is the the one when you realize that God is watching over you, Correct. watches over you. So that means every single time you remind yourself of God Almighty, that's when you stay away from all sorts of evils. Um, yes, you know, with us as a creator, you know, we have <coughs> with us a um, missionary of the Emily Muslim community, Brother Fatih Alam, uh, he's working currently at the Arabic desk. With this short introduction, I would like to welcome him to the show. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. How are you, Brother Fatih? Wa alaikum salam I'm very well. Alhamdulillah, all good. Zakla, first of all, for joining us today, and we we're discussing about the five pillars of Islam, the blueprint towards um um having a balanced life. So you know, as an Imam for the Ahmadi Muslim community, how would you describe the significance of the five pillars of Islam in fostering and a balanced and purposeful life as a Muslim? Zakamullah. Obviously, the five pillars of Islam mm-hmm. being the foundation of Islam has um, huge, huge significance um, um, in respect to, uh, you know, fostering a balanced and purposeful life. Yes. In reality, you know, whoever lives a balanced, you know, life uh, with purpose is blessed. Correct. Um, and um, the five pillars of Islam have an enormous importance because they helped us to fulfill mm-hmm. our purpose. And uh, the very, in fact, the very first command, Allah the Almighty said that, Ya yuhanna so'abudu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum. Correct. That, oh mankind, you have been created to worship your Lord. Mm-hmm. So in fact, the very first command is to worship Allah. Um, and in Islam, worship isn't merely, you know, limited to um, uh, the five obligatory prayers. But in fact, any any kind of worship, which any kind of act which is done for the pleasure of Allah mm-hmm. is a form of worship. So... Um, the five pillars of Islam, for example, they are the kalima shahada, the salat, the zakat, fasting and hajj. They are the essence of Islam. Mm-hmm. And um, they undoubtedly bring balance and purpose to our lives. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Um, now, moving on to the second question, but the first pillar, uh, which is the shahada, the declaration of faith, um, it emphasizes the, dec- uh, you know, th- this emphasizes uh, the declaration of faith in Islam. So, how does this declaration of faith influence a Muslim's outlook on life, and how can it help uh, achieve a balance amidst the challenges in the modern world? <clears throat> you you've just mentioned um, Muslims' outlook on life, because um, the fact of the matter is that Islam desires precisely that we change our outlook on life. Mm-hmm. by transforming our lives. Um, merely, uh, you, you know, paying lip service by saying Kalima Shahada is not going to completely change our outlook on life. 
in reality, what kalima is, it's, it's saying, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. There is none worthy of worship except Allah Muhammad Rasulullah. But it's it's saying that um, by um, but when a Muslim says that, then he should practically, you know, reflect that in his actions hmm. uh, by by you know um, not relying overly relying on material means, something more than God, or uh, you know, and practically not acknowledging the Holy Prophet as God's messenger mm-hmm. by holding fast to his commands and teachings, and this is a lifelong jihad. Hmm. And when one does this, then it ushers in contentment, contentment and happiness. Yeah. Uh, in this, in in modern, in today's, in in, in in our lives. Thank you. Um, lifelong jihad, uh, in other words, is a lifelong striving, isn't it? Um, it's a constant strive to Absolutely. to to attain that. Uh, this you, this this pillar. You know, brother Fatih, it's uh, it's always um, you know great to have a missionary with us um, speaking about this as we are um, understanding, trying to understand what are the five pillars of Islam. You know, as the second pillar is uh, namaz, salah, or prayer. People say um, it requires Muslims to you know establish regular prayers. How can um, this practice uh, of prayer be, uh, be, um, be a contribute to mindfulness, spirituality, and maintaining a sense of um, you know a daily a balanced life? To be honest, uh, we need to first know what salat is. Salat yes. is the, you know the main way in Islam. Um, as I mentioned before, there's diff- there's different forms of worship. Correct. But salat is the main way in Islam of like talking to Allah the Almighty mm-hmm. through different postures. Um, these postures they show humility when you, when we when we are speaking to Allah Almighty. Mm-hmm. So when one wakes up in the early morning, for example, sacrificing his sweet sleep and stands up before Allah, the King of Kings, then this is a form of sacrifice, and his bond with Allah strengthens, mm-hmm. and this is a way of improving spirituality. Um, and this is it's for the other prayers as well. Mm, the, opening, the, the salat also you know increases one's concentration in prayer. It, uh, it increases a sense of such contentment which you don't have in n- normal worldly life. This is a few things. Hmm. Thank you. Um, then we have the third pillar of um, uh, Islam, uh, zakat, right, which highlights the act of giving to those in need. Uh, from your perspective, uh, Imam uh, Fatih, uh, how does the practice of zakat promote uh, empathy? promote compassion and uh, social balance in the society? Well, the third pillar being zakat, it undoubtedly um, uh, promotes empathy and compassion within Muslims. Um, when they give um, wealth which they own out of the, and they give it to the poor, then uh, it um, creates, it removes self-centered behavior, you know, so hmm. there's much selfishness in the world, but Islam, you know, emphasizes this so that Muslims become, you know, op- you know, um, generous, and they lose miserliness, and they become mm. aware of the sufferings of others. And the purpose of um, zakat, zakat is not a favor on the poor, as the Muslim said. It's their right, and yeah. it ensures circulation of money in in uh, society. So it helps the society in that respect as well. Mm. Yes, you know, um, uh, the next pillar is um, Ram, uh, fasting, Ramadan or Psalm. It's one of the central pillars in Islam. So, um, 
Brother Fatih, if you can um, could share um, how this act of self-discipline and spiritual reflection during the month of Ramadan contributes to achieving personal balance and growth for Muslims. Well, um, fasting during Ramadan, it's as the Messiah mentioned, the promised Messiah, he's mentioned, and uh, also the Holy Prophet, that it's not mere abstinence from food. Mm-hmm. So when one fasts, in the true sense of the word, correct. True, then it it increases his sense of sympathy for mankind, mm-hmm. and uh, because he, he's abstaining f- uh, from food for the sake of Allah, so he, his his sympathy also increases for other people who don't have the the similar luxuries, and uh, he spends more also in the in the way of uh, way of Allah during Ramadan. He does more righteous acts. For example, the Holy Prophet mentioned it is recorded that uh, during Ramadan he. Um, was so generous. Uh, he was generally generous, but in Ramadan he was as generous as, uh, or even more generous than a strong wind. So um, during Ramadan, one one becomes more self-disciplined, and uh, one does more righteous acts, which undoubtedly leads one to, to grow spiritually, and uh, and it also um, it helps him in all facets of his life. Mm-hmm. Um. Hajj is the fifth pillar of Islam, uh, which is the pilgrimage to Mecca. Um, as a one, as a once in a lifetime obligation for Muslims, how does this pilgrimage, the Hajj, enhance a sense of unity, uh, a sense of equality and spirituality, uh, connection with millions of uh, participants from diverse backgrounds? Hajj is an incredible um, pillar of Islam. When one gathers, uh, for example, first of all, it's important to mention that Allah says in the Holy Quran that "Wallahi al-nasi hajjul bayt man That it's an obligatory upon Muslims to perform Hajj if they find a way to do so. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a once in a lifetime obligation, and um, when every, when all Muslims gather together wearing the same ihram, um, doing the same act, circuit, circuiting the Kaaba. Um, it, 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 it fosters a sense of unity and purpose within them. Um, when they're circuiting the Kaaba all, all together, um, it's like, um, and they're all, you know, um, circuiting the Kaaba like, a, like, uh, like, a, like a, it, it, remi- it, just, it symbolizes that in life they're meant to cir- cir- circulate Allah the Almighty as well, like, the, like a lover cir- circulates his, uh, his beloved. So this is, these are all uh, uh, symbolic and uh, it's these are meant to instill values um you know amongst muslims um the various rights in, in hajj they're also meant to instill and remind us of various various values uh, of how we're meant to lead our lives and this instills in all muslims a sense of unity and equality and, and purpose and uh, the final question uh, to you is when you summarize all the five pillars of Islam, they uh-huh. serve as a uh, blueprint for Muslims uh, to lead a balanced life. So, but how can these principles also be appreciated and understood by people of different faiths uh, or, or and and cultures uh, seeking harmony and purpose in their own lives? It doesn't necessarily have to be people of faith, but also. Uh, normal people or even people who do not have any faith let's say 
people of different faiths and cultures will be able to appreciate these five pillars by um, you know looking into their own faith and finding common commonalities with these five pillars. For example, the first one is Kalima Shahada. There is none worthy of worship except Allah, and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. So the unity of God is clearly evident in in uh, in some religions. For example, in Judaism, the, they strongly adhere to the unity of God. And as for uh, Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, they also adhere to their own example of being uh, who they believe to be Hazrat Musa alayhi salatu mm-hmm. So there are commonalities. The same for Salat. All religions have a form of worship, zakat. Um, all you know, religions they do, um, you know, um, preach to give to the poor, fasting. You know, different religions have the different forms of fasting and Hajj. Many religions have four forms of pilgrimages. So. This is how they'll appreciate the five pillars of Islam. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Fatih Alam, for enlightening us about the five pillars of Islam, for answering our questions and giving your time to the voice of Islam. Thank you very much. Jazakallah. So this was uh, Fatih Alam, uh, a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, uh, currently working in the translation and research department and also is dealing with uh, the Arabic and English resources in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. A very uh, beautiful answers. Correct. Um, very in-depth in well. inside in depth well. of the five pillars of Islam. Yeah. You know, to be able to understand in simple words mm. what are five pillars. And, you know, it was great to have you know, a missionary on, on the show yeah. and to explain to us, you know, and our listeners, what is what is five pillars? Of, why, why is five of a five pillar of Islam the body of Islam, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, as we, we, we were speaking about um, the second pillar before we had uh, um, Imam Fatih Alam on, you know, the one thing I always say to the youngsters especially, you know, prayer is not a one-day job. I think I've mentioned this many times, even before in, in the shops, uh, in, in, in the shows. <laughs> not in the shops, but in the shows. <laughs> and, Whoever know, is listening in the shops, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, you know, it will come for them. Yeah. And it's about... It's a it's a, it's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. It 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 can't be won within one day, right? Yeah. It's it goes up and down, up and down. You you find spots when you think okay, this is this is, and you find spots like, what am I doing, right? Hmm. You're questioning. Mm-hmm. So it's always um um remembering that, ask Allah for help, ask hmm. His guidance, and you know, and tr- pray with. However, you um, with um, um, so wholeheartedly, yep. if, I, if I may add, um, pray towards Allah, and, and you know Allah the Almighty does show um, um, the guidance. Yeah, be it whatever time is appropriate for it. You know, there's a a story of an elderly saint. You know, he prayed for many years, and uh, I think it was thirty odd years. He was praying uh, constantly, and his prayers were never answered. And one of his students goes to him, but uh, you're praying for a very long time. What's the point? Like you answer, you, you never get an answer back. It's very simple. What the, the elderly or the saintly person said that my work is to ask his provo- his work is to provide. So he was doing his work, mm. and he will do his work when it's when it's the appropriate time. Mm. And that very night, um, a little said, "Okay, all those are uh, prayers for the past um, thirty years or X amount of years, they all have been answered." Mm. So you know, it's it's the these stories, you know. You, you, you see people um, constantly struggling. People, yeah. you know, 
praying for 30 whole years and yeah. not hearing back anything or yeah. not feeling like okay it's been answered yeah it's it's it, that's a struggle yeah, that is definitely a struggle <laughs> so i would say this imagine you're eating let's say you know uh, a biryani is 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 like indian cuisine rice or which has been made in meat or vegetables mm-hmm. right and eating that for um, let's say let's say for a month uh, by the end of the month you're like okay that's it i had enough of it right hmm. but having that constant battle of prayer i will say you have to struggle that's <coughs> the just ju- jihad yeah that's that's the reason we've been created that we worship allah the almighty yeah god almighty also says that you know strive to me yes. i'm near yes and he also says that uh, if you crawl towards me i will walk towards you correct if you walk towards me i will run towards you i mean it's just a matter of striving and trying to find god almighty through prayers and Correct. you can't find him without prayers um and and all the religions have taught prayer yes. why because so that we can you know find uh, our creator find uh, the uh, find god who has created everything and has given and has provided us Correct. everything um let's look at the third pillar of islam into depth yes which is paying zakat zakat um, yes zakat is a form of payment and you know and is also an act of worship in islam you know it's regarding um um the paying on a certain amount of um of of money which has been saved let's say if it's gold silver or um a capital by money itself for example and it's yeah. and the payment for that is 2.5% right and uh, and you know this is one thing and it has to possess for a whole year right and i you know i um, zakat is such a great thing because it it helps many different walks and shapes of life hmm. be it the poor people be it other reasons which hmm. it is being useful you know that's why i say you know zakat um is um, such an I mean, if you do the assessment of zakat yeah and you know when you look according to the law of zakat is 2.5% one pays um on and the cash money capital stock or tradable assets in which include for example jewelry be it in gold or silver and and which one has possessed for a whole full year and it hasn't been touched mm. right remember when women wear um the gold jewelry right there's the cartis the wearing of it because it is it's a way and tear um item so when they're wearing they always there's some fragments of gold which get um worn out so if they're preparing it every uh, on a daily basis the gold fragments do wear out over time so that's as a card being paid but if that has been touched for for one year then then there's a um x amount of money um if it's equivalent to that money then so, obviously it fluctuates with, with um with, especially in the recent years especially as the gold prices go up and down quite yeah. a lot hmm. so it fluctuates also the the nisab or uh, what the word in english for that suddenly now <laughs> or oh, the calculations calculations yeah. mm. of how much you have to earn i'm sorry um have saved and this is the amount you have to pay or mm-hmm. let's say if it's 1000 pound for that you will be paying i think 25 cents then right 25 uh, uh, 2.5 uh, i'm hope i'm right with the calculation mm. you know, mass is gone really big up for a very very long time that's now. 20 25 
pounds. Twenty five pounds. Yes. Twenty five pounds. Twenty five yeah. pounds, not twenty five yeah. cents. <laughs> <laughs> so my my maths has got really weak in the recent, especially. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, that's a new <laughs> introduction. To so me. what it does is it purifies you because Correct. the other name for zakat is uh, purification, right? Yes. And what it does is it um, it's it, it goes to the poor people. Correct. And this is basically the excess or extra money that you do not use. Yes. And that then gets circulated, goes to the the the, the hands of the poor. Yes. And um, and and this basically help to raise the living standards mm-hmm. of those people who have lesser than you. So it you know creates a balance in the societies. So zakat is a very important. Uh, thing and it plays a great role in regulating the national wealth and protecting the society from social problems Correct. arising from unequal distribution of wealth. Where we see that, you know, we in pretty much all the countries we have people who are extremely, extremely rich uh, and then extremely, extremely poor, Correct. right? And this imbalance is because the money or the surplus money that people have that do not get distributed to the poor in a correct manner. And Islam is the religion that teaches that the money that you have is not from God, uh, from yourself Mm -hmm. or just from from a certain, certain people, right? No, it's something that is given from God Almighty. But you were fortunate to have that money but that doesn't mean that you keep that money and that's only for you your your uh, y- your responsibility is Indeed. to that to distribute the money towards the poor and Correct. that is zakat and then this will help you know um um, re- relieve poverty and people in disasters mm. help those who ha- are in debt for example mm. and it also helps on you know the travelers you know for the comfort and convenience yeah. and you know it's also for scholarships a ransom for prisoners of, yeah. of war mm. and you know propagating the words of islam and you know meeting um, you know the expense for the collection of of zakat and mm. other many different such um um things um, mm. which are required on a day to day basis you know this is what zakat is for to help and um, propagate hope hmm. uh, and and uh, and have everyone at least something which they can uh, um um mm. called survive on for example yeah i mean it zakat is something when you when you apply this to your world to your to your wealth uh it it teaches you and it makes you compassionate towards yes. the others or the, that's why to the the Quran, it comes together with uh, when you when it says observe prayer yeah. it says also pay zakat pay zakat yeah. yeah and yeah which means you have to uh, observe prayer and and pay your your zakat so mm. it, the holy quran has been mentioning it more over, over and over again why yeah because you know wealth where if someone has money, right, they uh, it's it's loved, hmm. right. The reality is that it's a love because you can buy whatever you need if you have that X amount of money. Mm-hmm. So for your lifestyle, which hmm. you're living, right. Yeah. So so to um to um afford that lifestyle, you have to be able to have that money to be able to afford it also. Yeah. So this is wealth for people, hmm. but obviously we have to understand that Islam is a l- way of living. Yeah. So if Allah the Almighty has given you that amount of money, yeah. from that 
2.5%, um, which hasn't been um, used for um, uh, for a whole year, mm. from that money or from that asset that will be contributed to um, the poor people. Yeah, I mean, the... The, this teaching itself, you yes. know, it takes away greed from 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 people, Correct. and it teaches a love for the others. Um, let's look at uh, the sec the the fourth pillar of Islam, yes. which is uh, the pilgrimage, uh, or the, the, the pilgrimage to the house of Allah or to the Kaaba, mm-hmm. right? That's basically the the cubicle building, which is in uh, Mecca in Saudi Arabia, right? So the pilgrimage to Mecca is also an obligatory act upon all the Muslims. But this is only for those who can afford to undertake the journey. Yes. Um, and it's also if it's safe to do so. Correct. Right. If you're ill, then you don't have to do that. If you don't have the money or if it's dangerous, you should not. It's not compulsory for you. And, you know, this this is from the Holy Quran. Right. So. The time for the appointed uh, appointed time for Hajj is basically fixed ten weeks after Eid um, al-Fitr, mm-hmm. right? The um, the first Eid, you can say, right? So it starts on the eighth and continues to the twelfth of the lunar month of Dhul Hajj. Mm-hmm. So the lunar month uh, it starts from the eighth till the twelfth of uh, month uh, Zil Hajjah. Right, and this pilgrimage to the holiest places is associated with the uh, sacrifice which was performed by uh, Prophet Abraham and his son Ishmael, um, and with Hajj are also associated the holy traditions of early sufferings of the sacrifice of the holy Prophet peace and blessings upon him. And it also offers a golden opportunity to f- to the Muslims of different countries and uh, div- you know diverse races to meet and to discuss matters of mutual and national interest. And this was the reason why you know they gathered so they they, they could you know have a unity yes. amongst the believers amongst the uh, the Muslims. And you know one thing which is beautiful um, about the Hajj. When you, when you, when you, I, I, I have been fortunate enough to be in, in a hajj so far. I hope and pray, inshallah, Allah, if Allah wills, there will be a day I'll be able to go and perform the hajj. Yes, but inshallah, when, when you, yeah. inshallah, when you, when I see people wearing the ihram, right, you don't know who's rich, you don't know who's poor. Exactly. They all look, look the same. They're all the same. Mm. You have no, um, you have so many many different walks of life there are many different diversities of being from um, social um, classes to um, r- um, different races who are there be it someone from the west east or from anywhere hmm. and you, you all see them walking together yeah. as a unity right. this yeah. is this is what Islam is exactly. to be a unity right yeah I mean it this unity actually teaches us from the second pillar of Islam which is Correct. Salat because when everyone comes to the mosque, Indeed. we stand shoulder to shoulder. That's rich, poor, old, young. Everyone stands together Correct. for the purpose of worshiping God Almighty. And no one sees and thinks of who's rich and who's poor. And similarly, when you come to Hajj or the pilgrimage, you even dress in the same way. 
right? Indeed. So there is even more unity to the holiest place of uh, on earth, right? Where yes. uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was was born. You know, that's the thing with Hajj, right? And it's such a um, beautiful moment, those days hmm. you see everyone together. My grandmother, she was fortunate to um, perform the Hajj. One of my uncles was fortunate enough to mm-hmm. perform the Hajj. And when they tell you um, stories about what happened during Hajj, you're like, wow, this yeah. is this is the beauty of Islam. It this is. is what Islam teaches you. Wonderful. And, and this is the thing what we are also trying to do um, uh, on, on a daily basis to mm. um, Voice of Islam through various different platforms from our community that there should be peace and harmony and unity throughout the world. Mm. This Islam has been teaching for the past 14, 15 years now. Definitely. That, as you mentioned, even it didn't pop into my mind, but from very young age, I've been hearing this when you pray in the mosque, you stand shoulder to shoulder, you don't know where um, from where this person is, but you have that trust, that unity, that okay, you're, bro- uh, you're brothers in Islam. That you stand together as a unity, yeah. and anything uh, structs at that moment, you all will be together at that time and trying to hopefully um, live up what Allah the Almighty wa- wants us to do at that moment of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, uh, let's discuss about the final pillar, wow. the fifth pillar yes. of Islam, which is fasting yeah. during the month of Ramadan. You know, we are reaching uh, <laughs> well, the, uh, near the end now. Also. Yeah, you know, time flies when you know, when. when these topics start coming out and you start talking about them yeah. our guests and um, being able to understand them also and this uh, just when I look at the time now wow we're reaching to the end yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes Flying we are swiftly moving on to the mm. fifth pillar of Islam you know mm. fasting um, during the w- w- month of Ramadan you know fasting is the month of Ramadan is um, compulsory on every adult Muslim um, those who are sick or those who are s- traveling they're exempt from um, um, performing fasting during the month of Ramadan. Mm. So we have to remember this. It's mentioned in the Holy Quran that if you're sick or if you're traveling, you don't have to fast and, and during the month of Ramadan. However, um, if you, um, after the month of Ramadan, fast or whenever your travel stops or when you become good again, then you have to um, finish those. Let's say if you miss two um, fasts during the month of Ramadan, you have to um, make up to it uh, during the the during during the year. Yeah, unless if you have a yes. permanent uh, yes. disease, permanent illness, yes. then you pay uh, an amount of money, which then goes to the poor. Correct. And uh, every day for every day will be a certain amount that could feed a family. Correct. In, in in a poor place or in a poor poor country. Yeah. Correct. These are the things um, about fasting also that uh, fasting is compulsory on every adult hmm. Muslim, hmm. not on children. That that has to be remembered here that uh, fasting, you can train them. Yep. You can, let's say, tell them, okay, uh, uh, there's a word a word called in Urdu, Chiri Roza, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a, it's a bird fasting. So you yeah. have a little bit now, then after one or two hours, you have again a little bit because at that time, you are still growing, you're still going through your puberty and all those changes are still happening. Yeah. So when you're an adult, all those changes have happened and then yeah. your body is uh, capable enough to do um, 30 days of fasting. Yeah. So that's the thing we have to remember. We we, sh- sh- we can't make children um, do fasting, but you can just teach them, right? 
okay this is fasting okay they but they should, you can make them up for fajr yeah um, for tahajjud so sahri um wake them for sahri make uh, tell them okay this is um tahajjud time is um the early dawn prayers yeah. and pray with them teach them then you have um okay this is sahri time mm-hmm. now we're entering to fast teach them and then you pray the first um namaz of the day fajr namaz hmm. and then you go on with your day and you teach them throughout the day hmm. and the children are looking at that yes you can do that but you can't make them fast for whatever time let's say if it's eight hour fast hmm. you can't make children do especially young young children you can't make them do 18 hours of fast yeah this is a no no fast fasting has also a lot of blessings and and benefits as well isn't it for example it keeps you away from all yes. sorts of evils you know you remember someone who's fasting he's not allowed to lie allowed to fight allowed to cruel allowed to abuse allowed to do any oh, sorts yes. of evils Definitely. right it also uh, promotes self discipline you know and Correct. human sympathy human sympathy is that you know you're supposed to give more charity supposed to help others but in fasting it may makes you compulsory so that that certain month becomes basically when you constantly do something for a certain amount of uh, days and you wish that you know change that you're doing yes. or that that good act that you're doing to continue so that's basically an opportunity for you to change so all the, the fasting is basically a refresher month a refresher course yes. for <laughs> for every muslim then it also promotes uh, spiritual revelation it you know when you were not praying properly in the normal days it tells you to pray and it forces you to you know do all the good acts uh, that you were not doing in the normal days mm-hmm. and then and of scientifically proven as well it improves our health as well our physical health Indeed. fasting has so many benefits uh, in, when it comes to health and we see this and uh, in our in, in science as well that and, and many people also fast because of you know they have uh, they want to lose weight but that shouldn't be the purpose uh, of a muslim when they when the month of ramadan comes right um so when if you want to conclude all the, and and, and sum- summarize all the five pillars of yes. islam the first pillar the relation of faith underscores the oneness of god almighty and the teachings of the holy prophet the second pillar the salat the prayer integrates prayer into our daily lives fostering spiritual connections and growth um the third pillar zakat ensures wealth distribution from the rich to the poor the fourth pillar the hajj the pilgrimage is to unite believers globally promoting unity and spiritual renewal and the fifth pillar of islam the fasting instills self discipline instills empathy and gratitude creating a balanced outlook on our lives right. so this is a summary of the five pillars i hope and everyone has benefit from it i hope you could find a, a sort of blueprint from from this the the, the five pillars of islam and we're hitting the end of the hour now yep. thank you so much for joining us today thank you to our producers um Zohra Mubashir and my co-host for presenting uh, producing such a beautiful show for the second hour Zakaria Sheikh and our technical department Akib my brother my very good friend and brother of mine thank you so much for joining us today and see you inshallah next week again until next time assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh peace be upon you all